Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling In podcast. My name as usual is Jacob Staten and as usual I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? I am fantastic. What terrific. a difference. Terrific, terrific. What a difference your football team actually winning a game makes. Unbelievable. How are you? Um, top of the shop, mate. Thank you. Top of the absolute shop. It's been um, it's been a good weekend. Um, for anyone right. listening, we, we're recording this on Tuesday, 25th of October, aren't we? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> I didn't know I had to respond there. Sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such an affirmative would have done, mate. Affirmative. Um, well, I suppose, you know, anyone who's seen the vlog, thank you for watching. Um, it's uh, something that I think it's safe to say we enjoy doing, um, especially as we get further and further into the uh, visits, visit to poets and, and back out and then back into there again. So it's... Uh, yeah, something we really enjoy doing. So thank you for watching. Um, what, Jacob, in a bit more- what Jacob hasn't really, on. you haven't really introduced what that is. So for what? those that don't know, we filmed a match day vlog on Saturday uh, as we both attended the Forest v Liverpool home game. We filmed it, edited it, put it online, and you can watch it on our YouTube. So he's thanking the people that have watched it. And if you haven't watched it, and if you're listening to this audio only, head to our YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash pod, because we've we've surpassed 500 subscribers, which is mental. It's come from nowhere. So thank you very much for watching it. But it you can sort of steadily see us get a bit more bev throughout the day, but we did do a match day vlog on Saturday. Uh, that's what Jacob's yeah. talking about. It started about. Friday, didn't it? It started Friday. It did start Friday. Few people were happy about your girly laugh in that vlog, Jacob. Can't help it, mate. I've had it for thirty-one years. Can't know anything about it. Mm, it's annoying. Like it isn't, no, mate. I've got the laugh. I know it's annoying. It's like Jimmy Carr on both helium and acid. Yeah. And if he was a paedophile, I can't help if your mum says funny things, mate. I can't help it. Anyway, um, anyway, into the match against Liverpool in a bit more detail. So, starting with the first half, I mean the the team lineup that's out. Um, I believe the only change was a one year in for Brennan. Yeah, that sounds like the, I think that was the only change. Yeah, uh, I mean it's good to see good to see a um, recognised solid back four, um, even if that means that Williams is at left back. Um, was Lodi was injured, wasn't he? Recently, he's come back. Uh, he yep. obviously came back off the bench, and Harry Toffolo had an injury at the weekend. Yeah, he wasn't in the squad. Yeah, so I suppose needless to say, it's still good to see a, a, a kind of a bit of bit of routine in the back four. Still a smidgen disappointed not to see Warren instead of Cook. Um, as we'll touch on that in a bit. Um, but yeah, it's you know the midfield three. I would gen- generally prefer Mangola to Quarte, but I understood understood exactly why I put him in there to kind of break them down. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm happy with any any of. Gibbs White, Lingard or Johnson for the wings and uh Taiwo or Dennis up front. So more than happy with that with that squad. And um yeah, I, I think the first half was just <laughs> this is gonna sound uh, really boring, but it was just really good, wasn't it? It we didn't look like conceding, I didn't think. Created a few decent chances. Um Jesse Lingard with a couple. Um yeah, just never never really in danger and and we look like we're enjoying ourselves. 
which was good to see and 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 looked solid definitely i think comparing that performance we we had the the midweek game against brighton which was not a pretty performance to watch but you could sort of see the defensive building blocks put in place there for us to be yeah, yeah, yeah. resilient enough to sort of fend them off for 90 minutes it wasn't pretty but we so severely lacked any connection. We did look a bit spineless um, and there was nothing in attack. This first our performance was night and day in comparison to that. And mm. the building blocks that we started to see at Brighton that you could see with sort of showing up at the back certainly uh, made the way up to the, the front three. Uh, the midfield three, as you mentioned, was <clears throat> pretty much the same as Brighton. I don't know if Bangala started against Brighton or whether it's Kuate. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I think so. Um, but they looked fantastic. But that front three and having Tyro in instantly made us look like a different team. I know. I said in the last podcast that having the crowd on the side and the atmosphere being as good as it would would lift them up. Um, I didn't think it would make that big a difference because <laughs> we were just fantastic. Um I, there's not really too much to say other than that because I didn't what I didn't come out of that first half thinking we're in danger of getting battered here, which was the main thing. I came away from that first half thinking we can get something from this. If not a point, we yeah. can get something from this. Um, yeah, and that's something that after obviously the Wolves game wasn't fantastic. It took a penalty to for them to win that. Brighton was, I think, a poor performance, but we got a point. I certainly wasn't expecting to go in at half-time against Liverpool and think, we've got them here. I think the second half against Brighton was much better than people are giving it credit for. And I think it led into into the Liverpool game nicely. But um, no, I, I absolutely get you, get you, you know, <clears throat> Brighton wasn't the, was the prettiest game, let's put it that way. Um, Mangala did start against uh, Brighton as well. Just double check that, but the, the only the only thing for me was I was slightly worried at halftime. Only so slightly worried um, about two things. One was a, a another collapse, as we've done many times at the City Ground this season um, against worse teams, obviously than Liverpool against Bournemouth and Fulham. Uh, and the other one was it kind of like a waiting. Liverpool might wake up and all of a sudden Mo Salah decides that he's that player that scores lots and lots of goals. So a bit appar- not. Yeah, our play assuaged it a little bit, but yeah, just a, a, a smidgen of apprehension going into half time. But we were, we we were playing the some half. nice stuff as well. We were playing some yeah, of this yeah. stuff in the first half. And I know there was that weird chance for Liverpool where Van Dijk could quite easily have headed it towards goal, but decided to head it across goal instead. And there was a few, oh, yeah, 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 which was a bit bizarre. Um, and there's a few half chances for Liverpool, but you know, we also had half chances. Um, we played some mm. nice stuff. There's a weak shot from Taiwo in the first half. There's a weak shot had that from effort as well, didn't yeah, weak shot from Jesse, which you know put it at the other side of the keeper. You never know. So it's not like at halftime they had all the chances. It was a very even game, and I think we looked like we were there on merit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you come out into the second half and just just more of the same wasn't it just more of the same um i seem to remember just before our goal the free kick that led to the goal was i can't remember who it was he got dragged down on the halfway line but basically joe gomez if if he'd been 10 yards closer to the goal it could possibly have been a red card um he dragged i, th- I want to say it's gibbs white he's dragged down 
apologies um yeah and then a, a, a well thought out ball across to Steve Cook who does the right thing in my opinion and just you know he hasn't got a lot of time to 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 do much with the ball so hard and low straight across the box for the life of me I was convinced it was Ryan Yates that hit the post but you see it from the the the, the Trent end angle and it's clearly Taiwo who hits the post and unlucky with hitting the post but absolutely not not unlucky with the with the following the rebound which all good strikers do and tapping in them uh, it's not my cup of tea when strikers don't celebrate against their old clubs but fair play to him um, but yeah, just 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 Johnny on the spot as he's been with pretty much all his goals. I want to say, well, which is you know, that's it. You know, that's the difference. We've got more, more of a poacher than a ta- than a target man, which is what his frame and frame and build suggest, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's that's the difference with playing with a player like Tywo. Is yes, his goal against West Ham was disgustingly sloppy, but, but he, he was, was there. there. Like that's the difference, mm-hmm. and I mean. The ball from Steve Cook, I've watched the highlights a lot of times. <clears throat> I don't think many like attacking players deliver that ball. I think a lot of them probably pull it down on it, and then just lift it up. And he just Max was the edge or something. Exactly. And he yeah. just drilled it. And it was it I don't know if he thought about it. I don't know whether he didn't know what to do or what. But completely mm. unmarked, fired it in and it caused bedlam because they didn't know how to react. Yeah. And to be fair, probably don't really expect a ball like that to come in from Steve Cook. No, no, and it's the, it's the thing about set pieces, isn't it? Where the the, the hardest ball to mark is a uh, is a second ball in from a set piece, so they're expecting the ball into the box. It's actually gone wide, and then they don't know who the mark in. The ball's come back across quickly, and it's it's just you know yeah. it could have gone off one of their plays into the back of that anyway, couldn't it? It's, yeah, I mean, great for him to react enough to hit it and, and hit the post. Uh, but fantastic reactions to immediately, like it, that ball's coming at him quite quickly. First to react, he's a poacher. Um, and that is the difference. Like we say, he has to be there to score those goals. So um, I think I've still got a bruised shoulder from where Jacob smacked me after we scored and I turned towards him and he was screaming in my face. Couldn't quite believe it. It just, it instantly brought me back to last season and the Sheffield mm-hmm. United games and, you know, the big games where we score goals and we're like, I can't believe we've just scored. Brought me back to the <laughs> Leicester FA Cup game. It's like, yeah. oh shit, <laughs> we've just scored here to go up. So fantastic memory that I think will live on for a long time, um, Tyro scoring that goal. Um, and I sort of thought, whatever happens from here, we've had that. And I turned to my mum Mum said, I hope we can stay in, stay in this now. And I was like, well, there's still quite a while to go. And it it felt like a long time. As glass half empty as only an Armstrong can be. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it felt like a long time to go. And, and you know, you yeah. look back at the Fulham and Bournemouth games, conceding three in about two minutes or whatever it was, obviously not that dramatic, but you just thought, this is Liverpool here. Look at the talent they've yeah. got. When's it going to happen? But we were fantastic, resilient. Yeah, and importantly for me, Cooper makes a change straight away. And I know there's a few people around us, and I think quite rightly, saying why are we changing it, why are we going defensive, blah, blah, blah. But I think putting putting somebody like Joe Warren, having somebody like Joe Warren on the bench to bring on, absolutely fantastic to put him on for Taiwo, who's probably not going to see a lot of the ball 
um, of which he which he wouldn't have done if he was on the pitch. I think we they ended the game with seventy five percent possession. Uh, bringing Brennan Johnson on, inject a bit of pace for Jesse Lingard. Um, swapping to the back three or the back five, I suppose, as it was. Um, I know Renan Lodi came on for Neko Williams as well, which was, I was surprised it was Williams rather than Aurier, but, you know, Aurier was fantastic. So just, a, although it was a defensive change, it was still a positive change. You know, it was a, a, a kind of a, a really good, well thought out change, I suppose, for once, which yep. I, I have no criticisms of Steve Cooper, but if I did have one, it would be some of his substitutions recently haven't been as well thought out as I, as I would have liked. Um, but that was perfect. Uh, and bringing Mangala on, I'm supposed to kind of shore up the ball as well for Kawate. Yeah, I turned to you when he brought Warrell on and just thought, that is bizarre. Um, did What we were playing was working. I know they just brought, I think they just brought Alexander-Arnold and Henderson on, so... I guess it makes sense to make a tactical change, but I did turn to you and think, mm, I'm not sure about that one. And I think you sort of said to me, well, you're not Steve Cooper, pal. So yeah, obviously it paid off with hindsight, uh, but I thought it was a bit weird to change system when what we were doing was working. But I think they'd probably planned yeah. um, that if you know Trent came on, that that was the system they were going to use. Um, so it was. I thought... One thing that we used to say in games of past, as in last season, was the biggest credit we can give Steve Cooper is he knows how to make changes to formation or personnel within a game Mm. to tactically change the game to his favour. If it's not going right, he knows how to change a game. This season, so far, I'm not too sure that he's been able to do that. I don't know if that comes down to not really knowing his personnel or not really knowing his preferred system, but he hasn't really done it. So this was sort of a nice hark back to that and just seeing him find, you can see he's found his feet a bit more and he knows the squad a bit more. So Mm. it was good to see that element to him again, where he can influence the game and isn't afraid to change system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then obviously there was the Liverpool had a couple of chances uh, towards in the second half. Van Dijk again had another one where he's tried to put the ball back across the box. Not really sure what he was doing with that. I, I don't really think he knew what he was doing with that. So I'm more than too worried about that. And then he's had the header. We'll ignore the fact that Virgil van Dijk was left unmarked in our penalty area from a corner. Um, but the save from Dean Henderson, every, I, I think that save to me is aesthetically more pleasing than the goal. Um yeah, just unbelievable. And then, and then you know, we we see it out, and they did have a lot of the ball. They didn't have a lot of chances, in my opinion. I never felt threatened, apart from probably the, the Van Dyke header. And then just just a really, 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 really good performance um, all around. I, I'm struggling to think of anything else to, to, to you know, you know, not not criticize, but you know, any kind of constructive, anything constructive to say, but. I don't think there were any bad performances. I think we managed the game well. I, I want to say as well, I don't think Liverpool played badly at all. Um, I think they just, they didn't, I'm not saying they played well, but they just, you know, we managed managed the game throughout the whole game well. Yeah. I think um, I could see why Van Dijk was left unmarked. There was an extra player in the box in the form of Alisson, the goalkeeper, um, and oh, okay. Yates. yeah was wrestling with him. So I think that was very purposeful. But obviously someone else should pick him up. But if you've got your man, you've got your man. Um, the save was unbelievable. And it wasn't the only save that he made that was 
class. He made some fantastic saves. And there are a few moments during the game where Henderson's distribution, he would, we were sort of building momentum. Henderson would kick it and it would go out of touch. And you sort of felt the crowd go, ah, a little bit, which, you Mm. know, is frustrating. But if he's pulling saves like that out the bag, kick it wherever you want, pal. It doesn't matter because that is some unbelievable goalkeeping. That save is fantastic. And if he continues to make saves like that, he's going to save us a lot more points. Um, I think last few points on the Liverpool game before we go into sort of honourable mentions for players, the referee and linesman, absolutely dog shit. I thought they were rubbish. Um, It certainly felt on the day that they were in Liverpool's favour. Terrible. Um, the Brendan Johnson. Yeah, that was, that was that was sorry. That was odd about the referee, wasn't it? As well, because Paul Tien, he's normally he's quite highly rated, quite highly ranked, I think, amongst the Premier League referees. Um, yeah. yeah, he just it, it was almost like he was a referee from last season where they weren't doing the whole let things go. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't, you know, I prefer it now. But if if that's what he's going to do, that's what he's going to do. But when you've watched, you know. A, the first quarter, nearly a third, no quarter, isn't it? First quarter of a season, and that's what we've been used to. And it's just not good enough, is it? And if you're going to let things go, let things go for both teams. Um, yeah. You know, Liverpool players went down like a sack of shit and he'd give it nothing for Forrest. So it felt inconsistent. But anyway, it didn't impact his fank flow. Um, Brennan Johnson's attempt at goal at the end where he hit the post. We were dying from shoot. I didn't actually know it was offside. I didn't know that was a rule. He, he, well, I don't up. think he actually was. He is I because think of the goalkeeper being in the box. There's oh, there's got to be last, two players behind, yeah. doesn't there? Yeah. So at the yeah, time, yeah, I'm with you now. Was not. I did not know that was what a thing. What a nonsense rule that is, isn't it? What an absolutely yeah. nonsense rule that is. If that That's went ridiculous. in, the, cr- the crowd would have gone mental. Uh, so it's probably a good job yeah. he, he he didn't get it in because having that waved mm. off would have been. Painful. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's my third point? My third point wasn't this, but the crowd were exceptional. Um, so, yeah, well played yeah. to the forest ground. That was a special atmosphere, yeah. um, and we need more of that. So, nice and also one. Liverpool fans. Ah, I thought they were meant to be loud. I remember my point. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool fans weren't loud. My point was, how difficult is it for Jurgen Klopp just to say? Fair play, Forrest played well. It was, I had no idea yeah, how we did win this game, blah, blah, blah. Or just say, we weren't the best, but Forrest played well, they deserved it. Um, and I think we did deserve it. So all in all, three points against yeah. Liverpool is massive. You can't underestimate how massive yeah. that is. And now you can go to the rest of the yeah. season, you can say, we've beaten Liverpool, we can beat anyone, as Ryan Yates said. So massive for the camp that. Mate, if we get if we get those three points before before the World Cup, and like we've already got past Derby's record, that's just sensational. Um, I think we will, but yeah. So uh, we, we, we're leaving the match now. On to honorable mentions. Um, JJ, when we were writing the itinerary for this this episode, JJ asked to go for every single player, and I kind of went, "Ah, oh, it's going to take too long, mate." We'll do. Um, Honorable mention, we'll do one or two players each. And he went, no, that's not enough. We'll do three. And then he wanted to do an overall one. And then I've just remembered Henderson's save. 
That takes us to eight. So I think it's probably best, JJ, if we just run for the entire team okay. and okay. Um, really quickly wax lyrical around how absolutely awesome they we'll all be were. Quick. So we'll be quick. Uh, in goal, Dean Henderson, um, just those saves. Uh, I think I saw on t- somebody said on Twitter, Henderson with the cap on. Um, if Henderson, Henderson with the cap, place for place for Gareth Southgate will bring the cup home. So yeah, different beast. Henderson in a cap is a different beast. Magical yeah. powers. Yeah. In that, in that guitar sunshine. Let's see it. Um, Serge Aurier, I think we both said on the previous podcast, he's, we were very indifferent to Serge Aurier. He does have glimpses of, of being pretty good and then glimpses of looking like he's never kicked a ball before. But I think he's been second off against Brighton and all day, all game against Liverpool. He was extremely dependable and did his job very, 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 very well. Yeah. Didn't want him. Apologize. I do want you now. If you play like that, you can stick around. Really good performance. Well played, Sir Jerry. Yeah. Uh, Steve Cook um, looked an absolutely different human being um, to the one. Again, second half against Brighton, I think he was he was pretty good. He made a couple of did a couple of things in the first half against Brighton which weren't too clever, but second half with Brighton and then the uh, yeah, all game against Liverpool, he he just I mean a couple of things, weren't there? But he's he's looking Back, back towards the kind of dependable Steve Cook that we brought in last January and, and did a real job. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting if he has that good game against Liverpool and, and Warrell's back in. It'll be very interesting. Uh, Steve Cook, I owe you an apology. I said you were just a backup. I said you were too mm-hmm. slow. Uh, if you carry on playing like that, you're certainly not a backup. Fantastic performance. Love to see it. I really like you as a player yeah. anyway. Well played, Steve Cook. Obviously, he's going to be listening to this, so we all hear that, obviously. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> ah, Scott. Ah, Steve, sorry. I'm just Scott McKenna, sorry. Uh, Scott McKenna. Boy. Um, yeah, he's, uh, was it the, the human form of Shrek, wasn't he? Um, from Shrek 2. Um, just back to his best, isn't he? Back to his best. Back like, like those kind of mistakes never happened and just extremely dependable and yeah, back to his best. Brick wall, pump a baby in me. That's what I'll say. Brick wall, (laughs) pump a baby in me. Thank you very much. Next. Um, Neko Williams. um, Yeah, he looks looks more solid at left back. I think he was starting to get a bit wishy-washy at right back, coming into me, kind of not really getting forward, not... It didn't look great defensively, but I don't know. Something about playing at left back, he, he looked really, really, really solid defensively and kind of cutting in had a bit of, you know, he's, he, we all know he's good on the ball. So, pardon me, cutting in and being able to play, I don't know, it, seems, it just seems to suit him a bit. It does, does some people, doesn't it? Being able to cut him. Yeah. The majority of his minutes in the last few years have been for Wales in that position at left back. I don't know whether yeah. that's got an influence on it and that's why he can play better in that position. But, Started off this season by saying Nico Williams is fantastic. Jed Spence, who? Then I went, Nico Williams, where's he gone? Um, but that game was more like it. It was more like the Spurs, West Ham performances. So I thought he looked great and quite excited by the combination of him at left back and Aurier right back at the moment. If they can play like they did on Saturday. So well played, Nico. Um, Ryan Yates. Do we need to say anything else? Oh my Ryan God. Y- Ryan Yates. You know what? If a few years ago, when we did this podcast at the start, I hated Ryan Yates. I thought 
he wasn't good enough and I didn't understand why every single Forest manager picked him but good God I mean last season he, he, he brought me around I loved him last season this season that drive and that commitment that much effort for the shirt has been massive um He's playing like a captain. He's playing unbelievably. I think even even the last podcast, I said like he was getting too bogged down in the Robbie Savage nonsense. And like, (laughs) he's just that one game he's come back out and he's still getting involved in the Robbie Savage nonsense, but he's actually still, he's now, you know, that, you know, I think it was only one game against Liverpool, but he's back to doing the box to box thing, which is what he's really, really good at, which was really good to see. So yeah, just, it was, you know, I don't know. It was just very, very affirming to see him back to his best. There's that picture of him with four Liverpool players running behind him, which I think is a, a magical Have you photo. seen that? That's that messy one against Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, that's that. it. And uh, <laughs> if someone told me a few years ago when I first started this podcast or when I was such a cynical Forest fan that I thought Ryan Yates was mm-hmm. rubbish um, and they said, he's going to be one of your best players uh, against Liverpool when you beat them and you're probably going to be a bit upset that you didn't get mad of the match when Steve Cook got it in the ground. He was definitely mad of the match. I'd have laughed at you. Like, that's crazy. That's a mental thing. And even this season, uh, I saw him in the squad and I thought, I don't know if he's the right guy for this, but as we keep saying, you doubt Ryan Yates and he's going to prove you wrong. So the turnaround he's had is mental and I cannot fault that, that guy at all. Bleed for the I shirt. think after um, I think after after last season, I was actually actually shockingly surprised that he didn't hit the ground running a bit more this season. But because it's easy to forget that he was injured for a large char- large chunk of well all of preseason, wasn't he? And a, mm. and a bit of the start of the season. So yeah, maybe, maybe a, a good bit of warm weather training during the World Cup, and he'll be he'll be ready and ready to go for the second half, which is awesome. Um, Remo Freuler. Just a Rolls Royce of midfielder, isn't he? Um, I think he's going to be really, really, really important come the second half of the season. Um, doesn't re- rarely, rarely waste the ball. Um, good at winning it back. Knows when to make a make a tackle. When to make a foul. Just, I think he's going to be really important. Yeah, I agree with everything there. I think we we obviously he's a Champions League player, um, and I kept wanting to see it. I've heard that he's a conductor. Mm. He's obviously not had yeah. a a big stab at the team, and obviously, a few games in a row now that he's playing. I think he needs to keep his position because you can see he's going to be important for us, and you can see him conducting play, like you say, mm. rarely waste the ball. So it's starting to take shape yeah. now, and he's going to be very, very important. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jake Kawate, just you know, getting getting amongst it, destroying. Breaking up play, um, just nice little short touches as well um, into in that kind of left side of um, Neka Williams, Jesse Lingard, and Chick Kuate. It was it just seemed to that seemed like a really nice pod of players, nice triangle. So yeah, it was just uh, and he seemed to be kind of the maestro in that three, which was really good to see. So uh, I think I think we'll probably see a lot a bit of chopping and changing of him and him and Mangala for the rest of the season, probably. Yep. It's a bit of a weird one for me because um, when I see him on the team sheet, I'm a bit like, oh, that feels like a waste with everyone we've brought. Um, and a few a few times he's played, I thought, 
Ah, forget about it. This guy's great. A few times he's played, I thought, ah, no, not for me. Mm. But this was an immense performance. He was a complete nuisance. He he was a wrecking ball. He disrupted them. He was everywhere you needed him to be. So, like, again, another one, fantastic performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White, probably probably one of his... not that he's had a few loud games, but one of his one of his quieter games. Um, but I was at the I was at the Villa game. I know, obviously, JJ, you watched on TV, and I imagine everyone else listened to this, watched or listened on the radio. Um, he, did, he did a few flicks and tried a few bits in and around the halfway line in that game, and the rest of the team weren't high up enough to to make that stick. I think, um, but he kind of cut that out a little bit against Liverpool. Uh, maybe it's just to who the opposition were, but. The things he did seem to seem to stick a bit more, which was good. And I think he'll be one of the ones that he needs to stay in the team. The longer he's in the team, the more more he plays, the more the, the people around him stick together. I, I think he'll come he'll come really really good after Christmas. Interesting. I disagree that it was a quiet game for him. Um, some of his some of his passes were absolutely beautiful. With a lot of vision on them. A few balls down the channel. I think there's one for Koyate in the second half which nearly created a chance. Uh, he could have got another assist with, I think, mm. uh, it was a lovely ball through to Yates. And the save from Allison yeah. was unbelievable. I think you even saw Yates' mouth. Unbelievable. But that ball mm. through to Yates, fantastic vision. Yeah. And it deserved an assist. Um, so I thought he was, he put in a great performance. I thought it was, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean necessarily quieter as in worse. I meant quieter as in kind of maybe not so flashy. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. agree, and that's yeah, probably not yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Taiwo Awunyi. Um, not really seen much of the kind of target man element of him. Um, I think we've we've watched him from the start of the season, obviously, and a number of times the balls hit him and flown off at different different angles and speeds of not and. You know that kind of thing, um, but yeah, he just seemed to seem to hold it up. Uh, you know, maybe because against his old club and he understood the importance type of thing. But yeah, he just seemed to seem to be a different beast this game, and you know, and, and he, he really is a poacher, which is great to see. Uh, I think it's going to become. I, I feel like I've said this for all the players, but it's going to be really, really important that he's in the right place for the right time for the rest of the season. I think. Yeah, uh, I hope, I really hope that that performance isn't just because it is his old club. I think if yeah. we can get him consistently playing like that, he will be essential to us. And I think we've been crying out for a number nine performance like that and he delivered it perfectly. Mm. He still yeah. looks raw. The ball does still bobble off him and he's not sure where it's going to land. Um, but that also is to his credit um, because the defenders don't really know what to do against him. There was a, a weird one in the second half where the ball sort of bobbled and Gomez didn't really go for him because he didn't know whether to sort of go to mm. him, close him down or back off him a bit. And we somehow got the ball back and it did lead to another chance. So I thought, again, brilliant. He has to have cemented his place to start the next game. We shouldn't chop and change with him now. I think he deserves to be in there. He was much more effective than Brennan in that role. So... You're starting to see a few players stake a claim for their starting spot here and you're starting to see the spine of an 11 take place and I think he 
particularly if he can play like he did on Saturday, he will be very essential. Yeah. And then lastly, but not leastly, Jay Lings, Jesse Lingard. I think it was a very similar performance to his against West Ham, um, where maybe maybe not so in your face and brash all of his work, but I think he was very involved. And I think it was a, a, a much better, much improved performance from recent weeks. Um, he worked his socks off. I think, um, yeah, he just, he had a couple of efforts on goal as well, which was nice to see. He linked up really well with, uh, I think I've already mentioned it with Kuate and uh, Williams uh, and, and even a one year to that matter as well. So yeah, I think he was a, a much improved from Lingard as well. And yeah, deserved his, deserved his minutes and um, his celebrations after as well. Yeah, um, I think it was his best performance in a Forest shirt. I think he was still not 100% like he's still not the best performance I've ever seen, but that's more like it. Still hasn't played a lot of football, has he? Still hasn't played a lot of football. That's more like it. Um, And if Mm. I think, again, that front three of MGW, Taiwo and Lingard, I think has to stick for the next game because I think you start playing them together, I think Lingard's only going to get better. And Mm. it was... I think the main thing for me, his performance was really good. I thought he played well. He had a chance. He strung some nice passes together. He ran a lot. Great performance. That's more like it. But the thing that I like to see the most is how much of a shit he gave at the end when he was anxious and he had his head against the the bench and he was Mm. sort of waving the fans on like, come on, let's get through this. And then his celebrations at the end, that's what I want to see. And being Con as well next to him, you know, they were both celebrating. That yeah. that is the sort of spirit that I think's been lacking so far. And I think Lingard is an essential player to that. So actually seeing him give a shit for me was fantastic. So I know that's such a small thing and he should anyway. But I feel like we're starting to see these players gel and connect and having yeah. those celebrations at the end was massive. So fair play to Lingard. I thought he played really well. Um, and I would certainly let him keep his place. Absolutely. So that took way longer than we expected. And uh, <laughs> whoops. Um, but I think the last thing to say is JJ, who would have been your man of the match? Ryan Yates, hundred percent. Or well, Dean yeah. Anderson. So not hundred percent because he was Ooh, also fantastic. Yeah, good but Ryan Yates, I'd I been, think. I'd have been happy with Yates or Henderson. Uh, I think Cook played really well, but not as good as those two. Um, cool. Okay, so into our, into the Arsenal game, who are still top of the league, I think. Um, yeah, they are definitely top of the league. Um, having a wonderful start to the season. I think they've only lost once to Man United, I want to say. Um, you know, which is, you know, funny, ha-ha, they're not the same old Man United, but they're still a big club, aren't they? So big, big team. So we're going in the right direction now. So yeah, it's... Um, it obviously, can be an extremely difficult game, but a lunchtime kickoff on a Sunday again, anything can happen, can't it? So, and they, they're playing Thursday night in the Europa League because they're still cramming all the games in. So, yeah, I think it's hard not to be optimistic, isn't it? It's hard not to be optimistic. Um, to all, JJ, it's hard not to be optimistic considering, like you say, they're playing on Thursday, so he. Europa League, I think it's a good chance for them to get a trophy. I think they'll go full strength and I think that could hinder them on Sunday against Forest. Mm. Um, also, you can be optimistic in the fact that they're not 
completely invincible. They drew against Southampton and Southampton have been very poor yeah. uh, this season. Um, I know obviously Arsenal are away, so it's a bit of a different ball game. But also the Arsenal fan base is slightly toxic. So if you can slightly. disrupt them and get them angry, you never know. So the other, th- other reason to be optimistic as well is we have just beaten Liverpool. So you can beat anyone. So therefore, I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, my optimism doesn't extend to a win, to a three points. My optimism <laughs> extends to a, I think we can get a point from this. And I can you see a, an Armstrong after all, I can right? see a 1-1, a Tywer, a 1-1-E. Mm, didn't work. But if we lose, uh, but we see a performance akin to the Liverpool game, it doesn't matter. That Liverpool three points is massive. So I would love a point. Obviously, I'd love more than a point, but if we lose and put in a good shift, it don't matter to me. So, yeah, who knows? Absolutely. So, um, it's going to get a little crazy, isn't it, after the Arsenal game because there's a lot of games coming up with Spurs um, and then the two before... Yeah, we've got three Brentford home games. One in the Cup against Spurs three. and Brentford and Palace in the league. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of a little, little crazy. So, not sure when we'll come back to you, but we are going to the Palace game, aren't we, JJ? So, we'll be doing a match day vlog that day. Um, so, yeah, um, if you're listening for the first time, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you've uh, come back again, we love you. You're it. You're it.